Thanks for joining us for the weekend edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth, Pastor J.D. shares a Mideast prophecy update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It's our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It's our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Things continue to heat up in the Middle East and President Trump is now taking some of his first steps towards securing what he calls his biggest deal ever, peace in the Middle East. While Pastor J.D. unequivocally will say that he does not, I repeat, does not believe that President Trump is the Antichrist, there's some amazing things that are falling into place in these last days. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update on YouTube. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on September 16, 2018. Before we get to what I want to talk about today, I want to quickly mention some breaking news out of Syria again last night. Whenever this happens, and it seems to be more frequently that it does, I go to Twitter in order to stay apprised of the developments and uh, it was just a couple of weeks ago that something similar happened, but what happened last night was there were more Israeli strikes close in proximity to Damascus, which Syria is claiming they intercepted. According to the Times of Israel, uh, they reported that the Assad regime claimed the missiles, which targeted an arms depot with Iranian and Hezbollah weapons, were shot down. Now there's always, whenever this happens, and again it does seem to happen more frequently, there's always conflicting reports, but I think we would do well to watch this closely. And the reason we should watch this closely is because of the importance of the prophecy in Isaiah 17.1, which I believe is a catalyst, a trigger prophecy as it were, because it is a prophecy concerning Damascus becoming a ruinous heap, an uninhabitable city where Russia, Iran, and Turkey, the three main countries that are a part of and at the helm of this Ezekiel 38 prophecy, invade Israel, as we're told in that prophecy in Ezekiel 38. So uh, I think, again, it would do, we would do well to watch this closely. And, um, you know, I mentioned this last week, and I'm glad I did, and I probably want to mention it again this week. Whenever we get into Bible prophecy, we uh, are prone to think of Syria as just another part of or peace in the prophecy puzzle. But you have to understand that Syria represents people like you and me that Jesus loves and Jesus died for. And when we talked about Idlib in Syria, do you realize the population of that city is about 3 million people? Let me try to put that into perspective. That's like having three islands of Oahu 
if the population of Oahu is a million people, plus you add the tourists, of which there are many, but that would be like having three in just one city in Syria. These are people. They are brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and uncles and aunts and sons and daughters. And I think we would do well, in addition to watching closely how things unfold, to pray for these people. Pray for the Syrian people. Well, what I want to talk about and focus on today is the much-anticipated Mideast peace plan from President Donald Trump. It's my belief that Trump's peace plan has the propensity to change the complexion of the entire Middle East, particularly as it relates to Israel, specifically as it relates to Jerusalem. I would suggest that just the unveiling of this peace plan may in fact set in motion significant prophetic developments, the likes of which we have not seen in recent memory. And please know that I do not in any way wish to sound sensational. I just see this as really being a game changer, for lack of a better word. I want to take it a step further and also suggest that this peace plan from Trump may pave the way for the Jews getting the green light to finally rebuild the third temple. I'm not saying that this is included in the peace plan. I'm just again referring to the propensity of the peace plan. Now, here's how I get there. Specific prophecies speak to how the Antichrist will enforce, keyword, enforce, by force if you prefer, this seven-year peace agreement. And it's the specificity of the details in these prophecies that to me are very compelling, one of which is that in the middle of the seven years, the Antichrist will commit an abomination, many believe the sacrificing of an unclean animal there in the newly rebuilt temple, and it will cause desolation and he will also demand to be worshipped as God. This is Daniel 9.27. It says this, He, speaking of the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. Stop right there. Because <laughs> I know what you're thinking. I can read your minds. Is he saying that Trump is the Antichrist? No! No! I am talking about a prophecy in the Bible that says that the Antichrist, whoever he is, and by the way, I'm not looking for the Antichrist, and I hope you aren't either, because instead of looking for the Antichrist, we're looking for Jesus Christ. We're not going to be here when this happens. And notice a period of seven. I'll, I'm sorry if I'm yelling. A period of seven years, one week, the 70th week, that last period of human history, which is a week, seven years, seven, the number of completion. And notice the specificity of this prophecy that in the middle of the seven, 
He will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And at the temple he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him. That's Daniel 9.27. Very specific prophecy. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. The Apostle Paul writing of the Antichrist says this. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, listen, proclaiming himself to be God. This is why it is, by the way, that many Bible prophecy teachers believe that it could not be a Muslim, because a Muslim would never declare himself to be God. Not to mention the fact that the Jews would not not likely accept a Muslim as their Messiah. All right. There's a common denominator between these two prophecies, and it's that they both presuppose the temple has already been built. It's for this reason that many believe the seven-year peace agreement will somehow come packaged with the Jews finally being allowed to rebuild their temple. And this is where everything seems to be heading. And I say it that way because just logically, think this through with me, does it seem that with all the build-up, no pun intended, (laughs) that all of a sudden there's going to be a slowdown? I would argue that it's the opposite that's true. It's not going to slow down. It's going to speed up. Things are happening quickly, very quickly. And again, I use that word for a reason. Twice in Revelation, uh, Jesus says, John writes, by the Spirit, Jesus is speaking, Behold, I come quickly. He uses that word quickly in the original language. It's the Greek word takos, where we get our English word for tachometer, which is a measurement of revolutions per minute or RPMs. What Jesus was saying is, behold, I come at a time when things are revving up. You know, I made a comment and uh, right after Trump was elected president, much to the consternation of Google, as it seems. <laughs> Never mind. Um, apparently you didn't watch the same uh, news uh, feeds that I was, but uh, I, I made the comment that the election of Donald Trump as President of the United States would in fact speed up Bible prophecy. And now here we are, well nigh two years later, and it would seem that that is exactly what has happened and is happening. Things are moving very, very quickly. I want to begin with this interesting Jerusalem Post report about how the Trump peace team is in the, quote, pre-launch phase. The Middle East peace team, led by Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, and Jason Greenblatt, his special representative for international negotiations, is still completing the economic portion of its plan now 19 months in the making. In other words, Trump started on this soon after being elected. 
Listen to this quote. We are in the pre-launch phase of the plan and still need to put the finishing touches on it, although that can happen very quickly. Quote, a senior administration official said. Last Saturday, the Jewish press published a most interesting article about a very telling interview with the aforementioned Jason Greenblatt, who along with Jared Kushner has the Herculean task of helping negotiate the peace plan between the Israelis and the Palestinians, that which heretofore has been unattainable, unreachable, which is why Trump has dubbed it the ultimate deal. This from the art of the deal, Trump himself. I recommend the article be read in its entirety, but I do want to draw your attention to his answer when asked this question. Listen, quoting, Without getting into specific details, what makes this attempt at peace between Israel and the Palestinians fundamentally different from the previous attempts? Answer, quote, Well, first of all, let me thank you for not asking for specifics. You are unique in starting your question that way. I usually have to start the interview by saying, I'm not going to give you any details, so I appreciate that very much. I think our plan begins with reality. It recognizes the history of the conflict, of course, but other plans were always relying on tired notions of what it should be. Instead, it focuses on what it could be. Our plan isn't just a two-page turn sheet. It's an extensive, listen, an extensive document that we've developed that explains how we think the conflict can be resolved. It's the result of extensive consultation with Israelis. Hmm, I wonder what that consultation with the Israelis netted. Can you say temple? Oh, Do you know that the number one thing the Jews want and will virtually do anything to get is the temple? Make no mistake about it. Not just consultation extensively with Israelis, but Palestinians. From before the Jerusalem announcement... Because at the moment, Palestinian leadership is not talking to us. (laughs) I want to come back to that in just a moment. He says, much to their detriment, I would add. It's also after extensive conversation with regional leaders and other stakeholders. Very interesting. All of their questions and concerns have helped us forge a plan into a deal which we think is realistic, fair, and equally important, implementable, doable, (laughs) attainable, achievable. Is achievable a word? We'll say it is. According to an Israel Hayom report, Greenblatt, in addition to stating that the administration will not put forth a peace plan that doesn't meet all of Israel's security issues, which are of extreme importance to us, he was also quoted as saying, listen, last week Trump said he wanted this to be a year of peace, 2018. 
The report went on to say, over the past several months, Greenblatt has quietly been drafting Trump's deal of the century and is holding his cards close to his chest. Oh. And then he said this, listen, Greenblatt added that Trump's decision to recognize Jerusalem as the capital and relocate the U.S. embassy there was not intended to exact a price out of Israel. There's no particular demand on Israel in exchange for those decisions. And was that not the question? Some of the rabbis were talking about how there's no free lunch. Trump, on our 70th anniversary, May 14th of this year, relocated the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. What a present, what a gift, what an anniversary gift. And then, as we'll talk about uh, shortly, just on Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the new year, he gives them another gift and evicts the Palestinians out of their Washington office. So the question was, what is Israel going to have to do in return for what Trump has done for them? Well, apparently, nothing. No strings attached. Now, that's always kind of been an enigma to me because, admittedly, I've wondered the same thing myself. But then, it's this last quote that really struck me with respect to, and I'm going to use this word, not forcing Israel to do anything because it may very well be that instead of Israel, it's the so-called Palestinians with whom this peace deal will be enforced. In other words, in Daniel 9.27, the word translated confirm is better understood as it will be enforced by force this peace agreement. And I've always thought to myself, Israel's going to be forced into this. Now that's not to say that they won't, but as I'm looking at this thing, it's kind of looking to me more like it's the Palestinians, so-called, who are the ones that are going to be forced to accept what they would have never agreed to. So Wednesday, the Times of Israel published an article about how after 25 years... (laughs) Some Israeli right-wingers are ready to declare the Oslo Peace Accords dead. You remember the Oslo Peace Accords? September 1993. I'll never forget it. I called my dad uh, alive at the time, and because he had always told me growing up that I was to always keep my eye on Syria. And I could, <laughs> here we are all of these years later, and now I understand. But uh, when... Then Yasser Arafat and uh, Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin were on the White House lawn signing the Oslo Peace Agreement with then-President uh, Bill Clinton. I called my daddy immediately from the car at the time on my cell phone, which, remember those? <laughs> they, they called Motorola 8000s because that's how much they weighed was like 8,000 pounds. I had this big brick up to my phone calling my dad going, Dad, what's up with this? And he made an interesting comment to me. He said, not yet, not yet. 
And here we are, how many years later, and 25 years later, and <laughs> why do I bring that up? Because uh, wouldn't it make sense that in, in Daniel uh, 9.27, that in order for something to be enforced, it implies that there's something there to be enforced? Something there prior? And, and wouldn't you agree that the uh, so-called Oslo Peace Accords were a better deal for the Palestinians, as it turns out, than they would ever be for the uh, Jews, for Israel? So as you might imagine, this doesn't bode well for the Palestinians. And to add insult to injury, Mahmoud Abbas, of his own doing, I believe, has become irrelevant and inconsequential. And moreover, his physical health is rumored to be deteriorating rapidly, and many believe his days are numbered. There was an article, um, here was the gist of it. The Palestinians are hanging on by a thread right now. because they, They've got nothing. <laughs> and even worse, in concert with Trump stopping payment of hundreds of millions of dollars to the PA, he's evicted them out of Washington by closing their diplomatic mission office and sending them packing, and he did so for Israel on Rosh Hashanah this last week. So you, you might well, you might say that Things are going smashingly well. I love that word, by the way. I want to bring that word back. Things are going so well for Israel right now. You know, we read these reports and they say, you know, Trump's holding his cards close to his chest. I would say this. Israel's holding all the cards. They're holding all the cards. So here's how I get there. Again, doesn't it make sense that the Palestinians are the ones who are going to be forced to the negotiating table? They have no more money. Trump's like, you know, all, all that money that we used to send you. <laughs> no, I'm not going to send you any more money. I mean, <laughs> that, that sounds to me a little bit like forcing them, doesn't it? Cut off all that those millions of dollars that they were paying to terrorist families. I hope you know that, right? Please don't be so naive as to believe that uh, this money, our tax dollars, by the way, I don't want to get anybody angry, but our tax dollars are sent to Israel, or to uh, the so-called Palestinians, and they pay the families of these terrorists that kill themselves and kill all of these Jews they pay them for the rest of their lives handsomely, which is why a lot of these young, it's heartbreaking. These young Arab boys, could be my son, will go to their death and kill Jews. And that's where that money was going, to the terrorists. And Trump put a stop to it, to his credit. And now he's forcing them, there's that word again, forcing them, to come to the table, and it seems to be working. Are you ready? If not, you need to be ready, because our redemption draws nigh. This is what Jesus said about seeing these prophecies begin to come to pass in Luke chapter 21, verse 28. 
This verse speaks directly to the heart of the prophecy update that Pastor J.D. shares each Friday and Saturday here on In Spirit and Truth. The goal for each prophecy update is twofold. First, to equip you with information you need to live in these exciting last days. Second, to encourage you in your faith in the Creator of the universe. Every word in the Holy Bible is 100% true. We're seeing that fact being proven each and every day. We pray that you have been both blessed and challenged by today's Prophecy Update. And we do hope you join us again for tomorrow's conclusion to this Prophecy Update from Pastor J.D. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of today's broadcast, you can become a Facebook friend with us by logging on to www.inspiritandtruthradio.com. We've provided a link to our Facebook page. Another great option to stay current with Pastor J.D.'s Prophecy Updates is to subscribe to the Aloha Bible Prophecy Update YouTube channel. The Prophecy Update YouTube channel has all the current updates that Pastor J.D. has shared as well as an archive of past updates. Again, log on to InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and follow the link to the Prophecy Update YouTube channel. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Please join us tomorrow as Pastor J.D. concludes this prophecy update. That's next time on In Spirit and Truth.